The following is a special presentation brought to you exclusively on the Real Presence Radio Network. When we have the opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus, certainly the sacred arts, you know, lift things up in a way that complement everything that's done in our divine worship. There's always been this call to beauty manifested in different ways, connecting with God. From the grounds of the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary, with the backdrop of beautiful Lake Superior, this is the Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show, bringing you a sneak peek of this year's Built Upon a Rock Fest, an outdoor Catholic concert experience here in the Diocese of Duluth. Being able to bring people together to enjoy good, good wholesome music, and to be able to listen to music that can move the heart and the soul. We now bring you stage sight as we join our hosts. Good afternoon, everybody, for a special presentation of Real Presence Live. This is the Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show. I am Father Ryan Moravitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Pilon. Kevin, how are you? Hello, I'm doing great, Father. The sun is shining. We're here on the grounds of the beautiful Duluth Cathedral. The stage is up. We've had six or seven days straight of rain and fog, and it couldn't be better weather out here. And we already see people setting up to get ready for the show, which doesn't start for another two-plus hours. That's right. There's, there's going to be Mass up at the Cathedral at f- 4 o'clock, I believe, Mass is at. Um, but it is. It's beautiful out. The sun is uh, kind of burning on my back right now, so it's going to be a beautiful night. Perfect weather for a concert. Um, so really an exciting thing. This is our third annual Third annual. Third annual. You you were at the start of all of this. Weren't you part of I was. helping get all this off the ground and started first year? Yeah, I was. I helped uh, with the planning committee and the brains behind all this. We'll get to interview in a little bit today. Marie, she is the brain. She is uh, the vision. She is the head cheese. There will be our yep, Vikings Packers shout out she's, today. She's the, she's, the, she's the workforce behind all of this. As a matter of fact, she's walking down the stairs towards us right now. Doing something caring a box of stuff and just always always getting stuff done so that's that's what it takes is people like marie to make an event like this happen so it's nice that we get to see kind of the inner workings of all this before the show we see everybody hustling and bustling running around there's food getting set up Uh, marie is giving people orders as we speak as it should be yep she's good at that yeah looks like the band uh, one of the bands just got done with a sound check so the stage is ready to go here. Folks, if you're in the Duluth area or the Duluth Superior area, uh, the concert starts uh, at uh, 6 o'clock, I believe music starts. 5.15, Dinah Catherine's on. So the gates open at, at 5, um, Mass is at 4 at the Cathedral, and then Father Kevin McGullrick is on from 6.30 to 8, and there's benediction at the Cathedral at the end of the concert. But if you're in the area or you're close by and you're listening, make your way to the Cathedral uh, here in Duluth on 4th Street, and uh, it's a free concert, free food, uh, free entertainment, just a really great evening. There, there'll be confessions going on. There's going to be adoration going on in the cathedral. It's just a really good Catholic event. A I, great opportunity for Catholics to come together and anybody else in the area that might be listening. If you just tuned into the radio, uh, come to the cathedral tonight up on 4th Street, East 4th Street, and uh, join us for a fun evening out on the lawn listening to some great music. I've been hearing the buzz about the concert around the neighborhoods in Duluth. Actually, I have a really fun story. I'll wait to share it until Marie is with us. But uh, there is an online presence in the non-Catholic world that's been talking about her recently, and I can't wait to share it with her. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get to that uh, 
coming up at the 4 o'clock hour here. But just uh, for those of you listening in here, the order of our events tonight, again, is 4 o'clock Mass right across the street at the Cathedral. You can come into the concert with gates opening right at 5 o'clock. Just after 5, Dana Catherine will be opening up our concert tonight from 5.15 until 6. And then after a short set break, our closing act, Father Kevin McGoldrick, will be finishing off tonight. It's going to be a great lineup. There will be benediction falling at at the cathedral at the end of at the end of tonight's concert. Um, if you uh, don't have plans for supper either, yeah, there's food here. There'll be brats, hot dogs, popcorn, root beer, hot apple cider, and bottled water free of charge. Thanks to our amazing sponsors. Um, our our biggest sponsor is the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus councils from throughout the area um, have pitched in to be our platinum sponsors to make this all possible. They'll be here on the grounds as well, helping out serve food and prep food and all that good stuff. So we're really grateful for all of our, our sponsors. Kevin, you're one of them as well with Thriving Financial. We're grateful for your your support. Uh, well, thanks, Father. Concert. I was really excited to hear about uh, the Knights presenting this concert. Uh, one, because we know all the great work that our councils are doing within our parishes, in their home parishes, but this is a really unique opportunity where all of the councils in the area have come together and said, we're going to put this on for our diocese. And so there are going to be representatives from seven or eight councils here tonight, all with their night shirts on, volunteering, helping to make this an amazing event. That's yeah. just really phenomenal. That's one of the great things about this event is it brings the Catholic community together, but and maybe it brings even more. We know that we've had others that come. Everybody's welcome uh, to it. But from the Knights of Columbus to young families to people from throughout the diocese, I know our first uh, our first people set up on the lawn are from down in the Brainerd Lakes area, the Cross Lake area. So I. Uh, you know, they've come a long ways, and I know there's others coming from that direction, too, and from up on the Iron Range. So we get people from all over the diocese, and now the diocese of Superior as well that make their way here. There's a great, beautiful playground um, for the kids and a, a grassy hill uh, to sit on. Beautiful backdrop on a beautiful day um, looking over Lake Superior. So it's been raining here. Yeah, where have you been? I heard you had well, to hightail was, it back into town here I today. I did. I got in early this morning into Minneapolis-St. Paul. I uh, was up in Alaska on the annual moose hunt that I've been fortunate enough to go on. We got skunked this year, so no moose meat for my freezer, which I'm super bummed about. Ugh. But I just spent, yeah, 10 days in rain and wind trying to hunt moose, and so the sun feels really good. <laughs> it's, well, it's a change of climate for me as well today. So. And we were in rain and wind, no moose, um, or the plural of moose, which is moosin. We didn't have any of that. It's moosin, but, that's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> as the great comic Brian Regan would say. But uh, it certainly is not a hint of that today. I don't see a cloud in the sky, and the stage is just pristine. It's shining right now. It's just looming over the cathedral grounds here and I think we are sitting on an actual rock. We have built upon a rock fest. I think we're sitting on maybe some Lake Superior bluestone. Maybe someone can tweet us and verify that for me. I don't know what's that, under that here. That would be my guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is, you know, a lot of people wonder if this is a youth event. It's not a youth event, yeah? It's it's an event for the whole community. So young and old um, come to this each year. Again, it's our third annual one. Um, a really fun evening um, of just being together um, as a community, in faith um, and in prayer, uh, and so, folks, this is for people of all ages. Um, you it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or where you are, or where you're going. Uh, Built upon Rock Fest can be for you. Uh, it's a great opportunity to connect with people of faith um, and wherever you're at in your faith journey. So, come on down to the cathedral this evening. 
Um, concert begins at 5.15, rolls until 8 o'clock. So you said that uh, this, this entire event is free. I've had people ask me about that. So every part of this con- concert is being put on for free, is correct? Including... That's correct. No tickets. You don't have to pay for food. The only thing you, know, you might want to bring some money for is if you want to buy some CDs or T-shirts of the bands. You know? So they've got some booths set up. They're the only booths here. And so they, they sell their merchandise. But other than that, um, you, know, you know, there's popcorn, there's hot dogs and brats. Everything's free. And don't let free uh, let you think that it doesn't mean high quality. This is our third year here now. And the musical acts that came in the first year and the second year were absolutely top-notch, top of their game, really tight. Really good sound, and like you said, there's infants in the crowd all the way up to 80 and 90 year old people. We yep. have the whole gamut. It's just really cool to see the people in the front, all the way up to the hill, all the way in the back. I think about 900 people have come each year. And we've got um, we've got two great great bands tonight. Um, two great groups or two individuals really that have brought musicians with them. Um, but we'll have a chance to talk with them here in a little bit. Um, so we certainly have a great show for you this afternoon, and we'll get the opportunity to meet both of tonight's artists as we sit down with each of them st- stage side. Up next on the Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show. Keep it right here. The Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show will be right back on the Real Presence Radio Network. Theology Uncapped is an event dedicated to bringing people closer through a better understanding of our faiths. Informative speakers discuss a topic of faith from differing points of view. A catered meal is included to help facilitate fellowship and foster new relationships among those who may have opposing viewpoints. The next topic will be the Eucharist, featuring Father Richard Kunst of St. James and St. Elizabeth Parishes in Duluth and Pastor Peter Coetz of United Lutheran Church in Proctor. Seating is limited, so registration is required at theologyuncapped.org. Real Presence Radio invites you to experience the Eucharistic Miracles display at St. Martin's Church in Tower, Thursday evening, September 19th. This Vatican-approved display will be traveling with us during our Fall Live Drive Tour. A special presentation will start at 6.30 p.m., and it'll all be on display until 8.30. There's no cost to attend, but there will be a free will offering available. Check our website to see all the stops for this Eucharistic Miracles display, and join us for our Fall Live Drive, September 18th through the 20th. Coming your way September 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. It's one of our major fundraising events of the year and our largest goal ever of $600,000. We'll need your help to get there. We have a huge lineup of inspiring hosts and guests sharing stories of how they found their way to the Catholic faith or strengthened their love for Jesus. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time and call in to 877-795-0122 to support Real Presence Radio. Real Presence Live. This is Paul Braun. Janine Bitson and I are excited to host the next Real Presence Live from our Fargo studios. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. The upcoming prayer vigil for life will be 40 days. Hear more about this from Colleen Sampson, Jody Clemens, and Pastor Dave Mata. Also, call in with your questions on the Catholic faith with Father William Slattery of the Diocese of Fargo. All this and more on Real Presence Live, Monday morning, 9 to 11 Central. You're listening to the Built Upon a Rock Fest Preview Show on Real Presence Radio. We now bring you back to our hosts.
Welcome back to Built Upon a Rockfest preview show here along the shores of beautiful Lake Superior, the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary in Duluth, Minnesota. I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Pilon, on a beautiful sunny day, a beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon. Mass is going to begin at 4 o'clock at the Cathedral, with a concert to follow at 5.15. So folks, make your way down to the Cathedral. We've got a great evening planned. Everything is free, including food and um, goodies, and so... If, you do, if you're just hearing about this and you got nothing going on, come to the Cathedral Grounds tonight. We're just behind the uh, Holy Rosary School of Stellamaris campuses. And uh, people are already starting to find their spaces on the lawn. Kids are running around on the hill and on the, on the playground set. And so we've got a, we've got a really exciting evening uh, ahead of us. Um, right now we've got Father Kevin McGalrick. He's been a priest um, for over 10 years and a musician for over 30. Uh, Father, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome to Duluth. This is awesome. First time in Minnesota. I'm First checking off a big state up here. It's when awesome. did you get in? Um, we got in last night. Okay. Yeah, I guess yesterday afternoon we flew up from Nashville. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. So I'm, excited, I'm really excited. So I've never been to Minnesota. Never seen Lake Superior. And never been to Wisconsin. So I'm getting two big states, one big lake. Checking it all off the list. That's a good trip then. Yeah, it's great. Father, you've been in the music... Uh, business for over 30 years. Where did your love for, for music come from? Um, well, I think, I think my mom, really. Um, and I, th- I feel like I was, she taught me well, trained me to listen to the Beatles <laughs> constantly, all day. And uh, we used to, she used to put the Beatles on and say, we're going to clean the house. And she just put the Beatles on and, and we just listened. And, and uh, I think that was definitely the, the beginning of my love for music. And all through the years, I did different kinds of things and cantering and singing at church and choirs and all that kind of stuff. Got into musicals in high school. And um, I would say, like playing guitar and stuff like that, the way that really started was my best friend started taking guitar lessons in freshman year in high school. And he start, he came home and we hung out almost every day. So he would just teach me whatever he was learning. And uh, and then we right away we started playing, uh, writing songs and playing out and putting bands together. So through high school and college, we recorded, you know, and played out around Philadelphia. Cause that's where I'm from, is Philadelphia. So that was kind of where the guitar and all that kind of stuff started to really come. So it sounds like your your progression into professional musicianship was a very natural one. Uh, would you say would you say it was just kind of this slow process over the years of your life where it just you kept honing your skills over a long period of time. There was no aha moment where you said, I'm gonna be a professional musician. Yeah. So definitely no aha moment. <laughs> um, I would say a little bit more of a kind of fits and starts. So uh, I'd say I'd say that ascension that ascending kind of line that you're 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 noticing was definitely true until i entered the seminary and when i entered the seminary i i got rid of all of my music all my secular music everything and i became a chant nazi <laughs> so it was like all chant all day all night um and it was it was wonderful i mean i really feel like i learned sacred music really well um but i i kept playing guitar but i still i, I kind of had this kind of double dualism in my head and I couldn't really integrate it so it wasn't until years later that some people introduced me to some good worship music contemporary worship music started getting into that and then a number of years ago is when I started to be able to reintegrate secular music and the understanding that you know God is God is everywhere I mean God came into the world because he loves the world and he created the world out of love and he sent his son into the world to redeem the world so 
we should not be keeping secular way over here and sacred over here. The sacred is meant to go out and, and bless and sanctify the, sac- the, the secular. And once I started to see that kind of a vision, then I started to give myself permission to see what's good out in the world already. And when you think about the great evangelical movements uh, um, in history, that's what the missionaries do. The first step is to bless what's already good what God's already doing in that culture and, and, and find that and say, ah, that's something, that's a diamond right there. Yeah, there might be a lot of, a lot of mishaps, but we, there's a diamond there. We're going to bless that first. And that becomes a, a bridge for communication and evangelization, I think. So, so for me, that's kind of where I've been living the past number of years, trying to blend the two and create bridges. And, um, so there was that time for you where your love of... of sacred music and your training in the secular music that you loved in your younger years and growing up were really battling with each other at odds and you said that bridge wasn't there was there was there a particular thing that you'd point to that allowed that bridge to form it sounds like you pointed to music itself um, that you had been exposed to that allowed you to start marrying those two in your mind in your life yeah i'd say um a, a number of years ago, uh, a couple friends of mine opened up to me to, to open up a phrase to me, and the phrase was what they called "twisted mystics." And they say the twisted mystics are those artists out in the world that, yeah, maybe their lives don't look perfect on the outside, but they are creating some of the most profound beauty that is out there. And once they gave me that lens, I was able to start to see things differently. When you think about it, for example, like Mozart. Mozart for me is is he's a great example of a twisted mystic because his his life he was a hot mess mm-hmm. but no one will disagree that what he created was divine so somehow in the midst of this ter- uh, you know turmoil and in his life and in his heart and his life wasn't perfect on the outside it was, it was again it was a hot mess he still was able to be touching something beautiful and divine and gifting of all of us. Well, there are twisted mystics here. I mean, in the world right now, there are artists out there who are doing that. And and that kind of gave me the ability to say, I want to find that. I want to find that good that's out there. Those people that, maybe, again, maybe their lives don't look p- perfect on the outside, but mine doesn't look perfect on the outside. And it's not perfect on the inside either. So how can I bless that and find that's that's good and i to be honest with you some of these secular artists i find god speaking to me more in that in what they communicate than in some of the worship stuff that we do well what you're saying really uh rings true for me um as a musician myself and there's two there's two bands that come to mind for me as as i hear you talking here and this is not an endorsement of these bands but i think of you know that phrase twisted mystics i think of bands like mumford and sons i think of a band like 21 Pilots mm. and uh, I see some of your influences uh, one of the greats G. Lovin' Special Sauce mm. um, tell us a little bit about the, the <laughs> bands that have inspired you and in, in your style of music yeah well G. Love is my boy from Philadelphia so uh, we're I guess we're about the same age and uh, I started listening to G. Love 25 years ago and I actually just got to meet him for the first time he came through Nashville last year and uh, I got I got to meet him and it was it was really cool um, most recently I would say the the person who's influenced me the most is John Mayer. Um, I make no bones about it. I'm a super fan. Yeah, like <laughs> super fan. That's, you know, le- that kind of level. You could do worse. You could do much worse. That's right. That. Yeah. You could do worse. Um, and the thing is, John Mayer, man, that guy, I can say this. I love that man's heart. He is on a journey and the, and the lyrics, the, the lyrical genius. He has a song that he just re- released this past uh, spring called I just... 
I just don't feel I just oh sorry I just felt like that's what it is and he's just like I just felt like and he starts opening up like what did he feel today he was really honest and vulnerable I just felt like I'm looking out in the world and like I, I heard about this thing called love but like whatever happened to that and he's being vulnerable and at the end of the song he, sa- he says basically I'm, I just felt like giving up today I'm not giving up and I have hope and I'm free and even if I go blind I'm still going to see but I, I'm just going to be honest with y'all I felt like giving up today well, you know what? I feel like that a lot. <laughs> I know what that means. I know what that means to, to, to feel. And so when he, he's vulnerable in the lyrics, it opens up vulnerability in the listener. And it get, when you can be vulnerable like that, then it's like, that's what I'm talking about, man. Be, be human. Be honest with your experience. Don't sugarcoat it for me. Let me, let me know, you know what's going on. So I could go on and on about John Mayer, but Father, as you as you as you share that, how do you do that as a priest who's a musician and and doing stuff like this? Like, can you share a little bit of that? I think we'll probably see some of that hopefully tonight on stage. And yeah, that, that authenticity, maybe some of that vulnerability of being able to say, "Hey, we're all broken," you know? Yeah, I mean, so for me, you know, my my album is called Square Peg Round Hole, and that's the lead track, and that is definitely me. Um, I've always been. I've never quite fit. <laughs> <laughs> in the way that people kind of want you to fit and uh, and that's always been a struggle because I mean I think I'm, I'm melancholic by temperament as well and so melancholics always kind of feel like you know, nobody understands me and you know what, do, what am I going to do and I've always kind of felt like that but then there's a sense of going like doesn't everybody feel like that you know everybody feels a little bit you know like I don't fit and people want to belong well if we can know that like alright we all feel a little bit awkward sometimes we all feel like we don't fit and let's be that's okay it's okay to be like that um, so I try to I try to more and more as I, as I write I try to get more and more vulnerable and more and more honest in lyrics um, and not just vague struggles um, there's a great you know you guys know who John Christ is comedian yeah Yep, he's got that great video. It's, it's like a, a thing about like signing to a Christian Christian music label, and like, all right, here here goes, guys. The key is like vague struggles, vague struggles, and like that's the key to a hit song, and uh, and that's and they're really touching something because a lot of unfortunately, I think a lot of Christian music does do that. It's kind of like I'm struggling today, and there's rain falling. <laughs> like, well, guys, I mean, <laughs> you're not helping me, man. Like, tell me about your heartbreak. Tell me about what's going on in your family. Tell me about you know that horrible experience that you had last year that i can i i can i might not have had the exact experience but man i know that you know what it's like to suffer i know that to our listeners out there thanks for tuning in we are here at built upon a rock fest we are doing a preview show for tonight's concert at the cathedral grounds um we're here with father kevin mcgoldrick mcgoldrick goldrick mcgoldrick mcgoldrick um he's a priest out in nashville right now and he's going to be playing on our main stage tonight or our main He's our, our main performer tonight. He'll be on from uh, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, so come on down to the Cathedral Grand Grounds. Dana Catherine will be on before him at 5.15 um, to 6 o'clock. Father, you are now in Nashville. Can you tell us about your journey to Nashville and what, you're, what, what you do in Nashville? Yeah, so from Philadelphia, and uh, a number of years ago, I got to meet the Dominican, became friends with the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia. They're from Nashville, and they run some schools down there, so... About six years ago, they invited me down to be the chaplain on the campus where that they they have. Now, people probably be familiar with them. They're all over the world, actually, but they have um, uh, kind of their their 
home base in Nashville. And so I was chaplain at their college for four years and high school and grade school for the past two. And I'm just finishing that up. So I'm uh, about to step into uh, a new phase. And so, but I can't really <laughs> say what that is. Well, you're in an area where, you know, elite musicianship is all over the place. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, the music scene in Nashville. Tell us a little bit about what it's like doing music ministry in an area where uh, elite musicianship is just rooted in their culture. It And it really is. You know, I, before going to Nashville, I would say I was pretty confident that I was usually the best guitar player in the room. Not always, but most of the time. Going to Nashville as a musician is like being the star quarterback in your high school where you think you're pretty awesome and everybody else thinks you're pretty awesome. And then you go to the pros where literally everyone was the star quarterback in their high school. And it's just intimidating at first. And uh, and I remember sitting around like, what is going on? Like, the saturation of talent. But there's something that it does. Somebody gave me really good advice when I got down there. The guy, I went out to dinner with this guy, and he said, listen, man, be good to your waiter. Because he's a way better guitar player than you are. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and he said, be good to your barista. Because she's a way better songwriter than you are, man. And there's this sense in Nashville of that. Like, it really is saturated with talent. And and there's a sense of respect f- for that. That Like, I would say my experience meeting musicians, most musicians that I've met are pretty humble there. And nobody that I've worked with ever says, like, yeah, check me out. I'm Eddie Van Halen. It's like, no. Next guy down the line is just as good or better than me. So... It's it's a beautiful thing, and it kind of creates a nice um, nice community in Nashville. Do you bring your music to venues around the Nashville area, or are you primarily performing in churches and, and things like that? Um, I I've done a little bit in Nashville, but um, it, mostly it's traveling around the country for my stuff. It um, I think one of the things about Nashville because it is so saturated with talent, um, it's it's not easy to get gigs there. And even really famous people that live in Nashville don't play in Nashville. Mm-hmm. They, they play everywhere else, but they don't play in Nashville. Um, but that's, that's been kind of my thing. That's a really interesting yeah. point. Yeah, that's, that's a good perspective to hear about it from, from your point of view there. There's free live, live music everywhere, every day. So, it's, and, they're, and they're all great. So it's, it's, it's a hard, you know, you just kind of like, yeah, I don't need to play here. They've got enough good people here. Father... You, can you talk a little bit about your vocational journey and when you, you know, heard the call to the priesthood and what that looked like for you? Sure, yeah. Um, so my mom was the one that taught taught the faith uh, to, to me and my family, and she always thought that I'd be a priest uh, when I was little. But the way I experienced the call was really like a toothache in the back of my head. It was this kind of thing that was lingering back there all the time and never... It, it wasn't in the front of my head. I wasn't thinking about it all the time, but it was just kind of lingering back there. And... But I was every I was like average American kid, skateboarder, soccer player, wanted to, you know, be an astronaut and everything everything else. And when I got to high school I was like, There's no way I'm gonna be a priest. That's, I'm gonna get married, have ten kids, dog, white pick a fence. <laughs> After a couple of years of college though, I had what I would call like the beginning of my conversion where I really started to embrace my faith. I never stopped going to Mass. I always went to Mass, but the brain synapses weren't really connecting. I wasn't really living my faith. And there was a sense of, like, i got to follow Jesus. i got to do this. And once I did that, I started to do that, I should say, then this toothache thing really made itself present again. Like, And I was like, alright, well, you know what? It's been there the whole time. i got to ch- at least check it out. 
and that's when I went started going on retreats to the seminary the next thing you know I'm entering and kind of taking it one one day at a time so I entered in 95 and 2003 is when I was ordained so that's so it comes 16 years this year yeah yeah were you worried that you'd have to give up being a musician if you became a priest so believe it or not I actually was uh, an actor I was studying theater before I entered seminary I kind of already given up music just to, to pursue that and then when I entered seminary it was just clear that I had to give I had to give that up that didn't really seem to jive and the cool thing is I, I did kind of hand music over to the Lord I, I really wasn't trying to hold on to it over the years I felt like he's given me back like here have this now here have this now here have this again like it's different now um, so I feel like the Lord has kind of given it back to me in a in a, in a beautiful way he kind of so. does that I think with vocations I think particularly to the religious life and the priesthood of we have passions in our lives and love for things and we have to kind of let go of a lot of that as we enter into the vocation and the Lord does end up bringing at least I've experienced that in mm. my life too like we bring some of those things back and ways that you never would have imagined and it, it, it's from gifts and talents to things that you just really love in life mm. that the Lord blesses when you when you walk in His calling for your life mm. you know and I think whether that's a charism for music yeah. and music ministry or just something that brings life to you if you know for me it's the outdoors and the outdoor experiences like I had mm-hmm. to give that up as I went through seminary and even as I started priesthood and as like then they, then he's kind of like okay here I'm going to bless you now with some of these beautiful opportunities to be in the outdoors and that's so awesome. it's a it's a great experience yeah kind of ex- experience that, that blessing in, in our vocation. It makes me think of like St. Francis with creation that St. Francis's love of creation came because God was giving, he was so detached <laughs> that now God could give him creation back in a way that he wasn't he wasn't abusing creation in his heart anymore, you know, like and because that's what most of us do. We really don't know, understand the beauty of creation because we make it an idol of some sort. And uh, but he does that with us. He, if we t- if he takes it away, it's not because he's a bad father. <laughs> Maybe we need to. He needs to purify our heart so that he can give it back, and we can really enjoy it in a in a, in a beautiful way, in a healthy way, in a redeemed way. And that's really anything in our lives, right? I mean, from friendships to you know the things that we love to whatever the case may be. Even our own vocation. Sometimes we can kind of take ownership of our own vocation a little bit too much. We direct it a little bit too mm-hmm. much. I know I've experienced that in my priesthood. You know, where like you try to direct it too much, and the Lord's going like. Hey, would you give this to me so that I can I can bless it and, and make it mm. what's in my heart? Amen. And it sounds like he's done that with your music. Yeah, it's it's been a a real um, a real journey, and yeah, I'm just grateful that he's been able to. For, fo- yeah. for folks who are coming down here tonight um, to the cathedral, and again, everybody's invited to the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary here in Duluth for a great evening. Uh, beautiful weather here, so make your way over. For those that co- are coming out, what, what can they expect from you on stage tonight, Father? We're going to have fun. Do some do some covers, do some originals, also some new stuff. Uh, if anybody's heard my stuff before, some of, the, some of the stuff from my album we're playing tonight. And then uh, um, if you haven't heard my stuff, then it's all new. So come on out. <laughs> what would you uh, hope that people take away from this concert tonight um god speaks to us in a language we can understand 
and that God wants to speak to everyone's heart in a language that we can understand. And I feel like that's one of the things he's been able to help me with with music and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm able to do it is because I want to speak to people's hearts in a way they can understand translating the gospel to their own experience and uh, if there's one thing that would be it Father thanks for being with us we look forward to hearing you on stage tonight looking forward to it can't wait up next on the Built Upon a Rock Frist preview show we'll have the pleasure of visiting with our first first artist tonight Dana Catherine she'll share how she came to understand that the true and lasting happiness, peace, and purpose is found in Christ alone and how that message follows through her music. That's next on Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. There's much more to come on the Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show. We'll be back after this short break. Theology Uncapped is an event dedicated to bringing people closer through a better understanding of our faiths. Informative speakers discuss a topic of faith from differing points of view. A catered meal is included to help facilitate fellowship and foster new relationships among those who may have opposing viewpoints. The next topic will be the Eucharist, featuring Father Richard Kunst of St. James and St. Elizabeth Parishes in Duluth and Pastor Peter Coetz of United Lutheran Church in Proctor. Seating is limited, so registration is required at theologyuncapped.org. Real Presence Live. This is Paul Braun. Janine Bitson and I are excited to host the next Real Presence Live from our Fargo studios. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. The upcoming prayer vigil for life will be 40 days. Hear more about this from Colleen Sampson, Jody Clemens, and Pastor Dave Mata. Also, call in with your questions on the Catholic faith with Father William Slattery of the Diocese of Fargo. All this and more on Real Presence Live, Monday morning, 9 to 11 Central. Hey everyone, Steve Splonskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network. Our Fall Live Drive will be Wednesday, September 18th through Friday the 20th. And if you're in the Duluth area on the 20th, we're bringing our Live Drive tailgate party to the cathedral. What's that mean? Well, from 5 to 7 p.m., you can stop by and have supper on us. Enjoy brats, chips, and pop while listening to the live broadcast. It's our Live Drive tailgate party at the cathedral in Duluth, Friday, September 20th from 5 to 7 p.m. See you there. Real Presence Radio invites you to experience the Eucharistic Miracles Display at St. Martin's Church in Tower, Thursday evening, September 19th. This Vatican-approved display will be traveling with us during our Fall Live Drive Tour. A special presentation will start at 6.30 p.m., and it will all be on display until 8.30. There's no cost to attend, but there will be a free will offering available. Check our website to see all the stops for this Eucharistic Miracles Display, and join us for our Fall Live Drive, September 18th through the 20th. Coming your way September 18th, 19th, and 20th, the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. It's one of our major fundraising events of the year and our largest goal ever of $600,000. We'll need your help to get there. We have a huge lineup of inspiring hosts and guests sharing stories of how they found their way to the Catholic faith or strengthened their love for Jesus. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time and call in to 877-795-0122 to support Real Presence Radio. Welcome back to the Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show. We now rejoin our host, live from the shores of Lake Superior on the Cathedral Grounds. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Father Ryan Moravitz, joined with by Kevin Pilon here in Duluth, Minnesota, on the beautiful shores of Lake Superior, on the Stella Maris campus of the Cathedral of Holy Rosary. Um, we're here 
for Built Upon a Rockfest. For this those of you uh, just tuning in here, if you're within about an hour and a half of Duluth, you should get in your car right now and drive because the weather couldn't be better. The artists are going to be phenomenal. The event is totally free. It's going to be a, a night of energy and fantastic music and fun. So get over here if you can. Great night to come out. Um, everybody's welcome. Everybody's invited. If you're listening out on the radio there, uh, Come on down to the cathedral. Um, you don't need tickets. You don't need anything. And we even got free food for you tonight. So you don't even have to cook. So. And confession is free. Yep. There's confession booths set up. There's going to be adoration up in the, at the cathedral. And we've got two great artists here uh, with us this year. This is our third annual concert uh, built upon a rock fest. We've got our first... Um, I was going to say show person. That's not that <laughs> Call me what? Yeah, whatever. That's show me bumbling person. on the radio. We have the show starter here we with us We have the show right starter. Now. The opening act. Right? <laughs> Uh, Dana Catherine, welcome to welcome to Duluth. Welcome Thank to you. Built Upon a Rockfest and Real Presence Radio. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be in Minnesota. I have a lot of very good friends from Minnesota. And so I know the accent well, but I've never been here. We don't have accents. Do <laughs> no, we? no accent. I have the accent. You have right? an accent. I have an accent. Now, I probably do. <laughs> so where's where's your hub? Where's your home base? Um, I'm originally from North Carolina, which I love. And so I say y'all a lot. But I actually just moved to Nashville, Tennessee um, last week. So Wow. <laughs> so we're we going to get you hooked up with Father Kevin. I know. <laughs> there were actually, some of my friends wanted to get me connected with, with some people in Nashville that they knew, which was really nice. And a few people in Father Kevin's band were people I got connected with through text. And I was like, oh, this is you in the flesh now. I think we got connected, but nice to meet you. <laughs> what are the odds? So, yeah. I know, right? Small world. This is your first time in Duluth? It is. Yeah. When did you get in? I got in yesterday. Yesterday around noon. So we got to eat some good food at... There's a grill nearby. Yeah, Duluth Grill probably. Yeah, I think Duluth that's grill. what it is. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I had this coffee Legendary. So good. Legendary food and coffee yeah. at yeah. Duluth Grill. The 27th Avenue West. Yeah, so apparently that's why we went. And it was really great. And the day could not be more beautiful today. It's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, because I hear, obviously, Minnesota is cold a lot of the time. <laughs> a couple not of years, today. I think it was a couple <laughs> years ago, or last year, it was... It was it didn't rain, but it was wind coming off the lake. And oh, gosh. Overcast. And so this is good. Well, we're very blessed today yeah. with this weather. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Dana, let's take a step back and talk a little bit about your faith journey. You grew up Catholic, um, but did you have a strong relationship with Jesus as a young person? I definitely did. I think it was honestly, it was just grace. Um, but I always had such a strong relationship with my parents. Like we were best friends and it was just my brother and I and our, and our parents. Um, and so they loved God. They loved our faith. We went to mass every Sunday, every weekend. They were involved in faith formation classes and stuff. So they were teaching us. And so I think because I love my parents so much and, and they just, we talked about God all the time, like just at home when it came to anything, uh, that I thought, okay, well they love God. They love our faith. I'm going to take that on. Um, but my, my faith definitely became more personal, um, maybe in, in high school and then definitely in college. But I was always praying. I just had, it's not like anybody told me to, but I just would always pray, always talk to God. You know. I, I have a quote here from you. Okay. On, on the impact of her Catholic faith on her music ministry. <laughs> so this is what you said. Okay, all right. <laughs> you ready for See this? if you remember. Sure. Yeah. I'd say the number one part of my Catholic faith that influences my music ministry is Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. The intimacy in my relationship with God has largely been the result of hours upon hours in Eucharistic adoration. Aside from receiving our Lord at Mass. Yeah. Whenever I'm not steeped in prayer, especially in front of the Eucharist, my songwriting tends to suffer. I watched a YouTube video... Um, of you at a, a woman's conference, yeah. um, you you explained that too, and uh, before the song "I Will Follow," mm -hmm. I think is what it's called. Yep. Um, and so, 
talk about your relationship with the Lord in the Eucharist and also how that impacts your songwriting because you, you shared on that video as well like hey when I'm not in prayer yeah. it's not of the Lord yeah, and I'm definitely feeling that lately because since I moved to, it's only been a week, but since I moved to Nashville and I've been, I've been traveling a lot this, um, this summer, it's been harder to get to, to adoration and I am starting to feel it now. So I definitely need to go to adoration today at some point because I know we have that, right? Um, so I started uh, going to adoration more and more. I think it was honestly in college. This is a very long story, so I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna tell you one little part of it. But um, in high school, my mom, <laughs> my mom went blind within like a month, and it was because of the Eucharistic adoration. We started 24/7 adoration one night. Huge miracle. She was the first miracle. Um, the next day. Uh, she could see and so after that it's a very long story just know Eucharistic adoration like Eucharistic you just miracle. threw that out there I know. at us so, so now you'll have to I, th- I think I'd have, have it out online somewhere Holy but cow. it was because of that that I was like this is actually Jesus so I think in ninth grade like I've been saying this is Jesus but this is really truly Jesus she was the first miracle of that adoration chapel for like the whole year um, there were so many and so once I got into college, and college was definitely tough for me. It was just very hedonistic, very like pleasure-seeking, cliche college culture was all around me. And so I just like ran to God, and I especially ran to Eucharistic adoration. And I remember towards the end of college, when I was I was asking Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I thought I was going to go into the medical field. I thought like, okay, I'm like semi-intelligent. I want to have a good job. Let's do that. And I just felt unsettled. And so I really had to follow what the Lord wanted for me. And so in the midst of trying to figure that out, I felt God calling me um, one Lent. I think it was maybe my junior or senior year to go to adoration every day for the 40 days of Lent. And I said, okay, like that sounds great to me, like spending more time with you and I have to go, right? Like it's my thing. So after that, that's when I realized how important it was to just be with Jesus truly like in the flesh every, I mean, as much as I, I could. And after that, I gained so much peace. Um, and that's where now I write my talks generally in adoration. Any talk I give for a retreat or a conference, um, a lot of times I'll come back from adoration um, or just during a week when I really am with Jesus in the Eucharist a lot, I'll write a lot of songs. And it's just because, I mean, if you think about it, like I've been thinking about it lately since I have been feeling a little run down spiritually. Like if, if you're with Jesus face to face, how can you not be filled up? Like, how can you not? Um, and most of the time, I'm not even saying much in adoration anymore. I'm just sitting there, like, with my friend, with this person I love. Um, and so, of course, great things will come of that in your spiritual life and for me in my music. You said that you've had a busy summer. And you've, yeah. you've you maybe moved recently, I, yes. I heard. But uh, is it ever hard to, you know, keep yourself motivated and keep yourself going when you feel like you're running around and, and you, you're going from... You know, you're singing here, you're yeah. doing this talk here, you're singing here, you're playing for this adoration, you're doing this show. And, you know, what is what is that like? And, and how do you kind of deal with that kind of lag and and, yes. and uh, fatigue? Yeah, it can definitely get tiring. And I am definitely, I'm an extrovert, but I'm a person that I need my rest. I need my alone time too. And, and I need my sleep, honestly. I love sleeping. Um, and so it can get really hard, but I think the biggest thing that takes a toll, probably on anybody traveling and doing ministry or music or speaking, whatever it is, um, is, is trying to keep your heart set on God. Like my prayer lately has been, Lord, just keep me humble or make me more humble and like keep my heart pure and keep me set on you. Because once you start losing that 
truth that like this is all really for God like everything I'm doing all these songs I'm writing everything I'm saying these like hundreds thousands of not hundreds of thousands hundreds or thousands of kids that I'm speaking in front of like this is not about me and once it starts becoming about me just a little bit you just I lose that fervor and that passion and I'm like what am I doing all of this for mm-hmm. and you get a lot more anxious because when pride enters the picture it is not the best thing um, so I think the biggest thing is just staying humble and if you feel that pride coming up and that lack of passion behind the mission I realize like I need to be reset in God and keep my eyes on him and reset them on his heart can you tell us about uh a time or a show that you did or a conference that you did that really sticks out in your memory as you know being really profound or something that God really did profound for either you or your group or the youth that you were in front of yeah so it was actually at the beginning of this summer um maybe May or June. So the beginning of everything starting for summer, I was in the Amarillo Diocese um, Texas? of Texas. Yes. <laughs> they are so sweet there. I so think they sweet. say y'all. Yes, they definitely do. Um, and so I felt like I was at home. And so I uh, was giving one of the keynote talks and playing music and stuff. But um, I had been asking God, it was, I forget, it was about maybe the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, something like that. And I had been trying to write this talk the whole week and nothing was coming to me. Like I felt like there was just a wall. There was just a wall and I couldn't figure out what to say, which is not like me. Because I really do try to rely on Jesus, on the Holy Spirit, on the Father, like to tell me what to say. And I was like, okay, God, like maybe we'll just wait until like the night before and I'll write it. I don't know. I just, I trust you. Nothing was coming. Like this has never happened to me before. And then the day of, I had like a vague idea of maybe a story I was going to tell and a few things I wanted to tell the kids. But like, it was not normal for me. And I actually uh, was prayed over by a few nuns there. They were so beautiful. Um, And I just so like profoundly felt the Holy Spirit that day. And I was so run down, so tired. Um, And so I got up on the stage for like an hour and like the Holy Spirit just took over. This is what I'm talking about. Like keeping your eyes just on Christ and saying, what do you want, God? Like I will, like I surrender, I trust. I don't even honestly know too much of what I said. I told that story, but like really the Lord was speaking and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me like, let's do some worship to begin this. I wasn't supposed to be leading any worship, but we did like 25 minutes of that um, because the kids didn't seem that into it the whole day. And so I felt God telling me that and it like broke the place open. It was amazing. I felt, I felt like so hot. Sometimes when I know the Holy Spirit is there, it's just, I get like very warm. Um, And so that was amazing. And that really showed me, that was like God saying, Dana, just trust me, lean on me. Even when it seems crazy, you know, I will work through you when you provide that space for me to work. That's incredible. We're here uh, at Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show here in Duluth, Minnesota. A uh, special edition of Real Presence Radio. Real Presence Radio sponsors is one of the big sponsors for the concert, and so we're grateful for Real Presence Radio and their involvement in our community, um, especially for their support of uh, tonight's concert. Amen. We're here with Dana Catherine, our opening act tonight, and we're having a good conversation about faith and the Eucharist yeah. and even the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the... I've experienced that as a priest. Is sometimes yeah. I've been where I'm walking over to the pulpit. I have a homily ready, and the Lord's going, "No, I want you to. Yeah. I want you to say this." And I'm like, "Lord, I'm, I'm not prepared to say that," you know. And so those moments where it's like, "Okay, here we go. I don't know what's going to come out, but they're the most anointed homilies, um, and have the, the greatest anointings for people's lives." Yeah. Um, so I've really learned to kind of tune into that, especially when I know that I've been tuned into the Lord. 
Exactly. You know, and that's key, right? Exactly. Yeah, you have to be tuned in. That type of stuff can't happen, at least in my life, if I'm not in daily prayer, prayer with God and I'm not tuned in. There's no way that can happen because I'm not filled up. It's just all about am I filled up by the Lord or not right now. Is there any particular song that you've written that kind of has really come out of that? I mean, they all are inspired, I think, by the Holy <laughs> Spirit. You. But is, is there one in particular where you can say, like, yeah, I remember writing that one or that? That particular song that really, that was an action of the Holy Spirit very strongly? Definitely. The song I Will Follow, which I wrote a few years ago, was in the midst of me trying to figure out, Lord, am I still supposed to go on the normal path, like going to the medical field, or am I supposed to now take this album that I had and run with it and just trust you and let you show me the next step? Um, and I was just, I just really had to surrender in that moment and say, Lord, you've done so much already in my life. You've given me the opportunity to record this album. I think I need to do something with it. And it was just like my cry to God. Um, and in that moment, I mean, it was, took maybe all of 30 minutes to write this song after I was praying and just surrendering and asking the Lord what he really wanted me to do and just saying, I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm at this point where I am just desperate to, to do what you want me to do. And I think out of that desperation, it was definitely... Um, this song came from the Holy Spirit. And I think I, I see that more now, too, because I can write a song or I have some songs that I absolutely love and I'll play it and people love them. But when I sing this song, I will follow like something happens and people cry and people come up to me and they mention that song, especially. And they said, you know, they always say this is exactly what I need in my life right now. And so I think that's how, you know, a song is is more anointed, maybe. Um, by the Lord and I'm blessed for that <laughs> you know I want all of my songs to be like that but if one specifically can be like that right now I'm I'm good with that too <laughs> Is that, oh go ahead Father uh, uh, you know I was listening to um, some worship music online one day and just kind of was going through some stuff and I don't even not a big music person so I don't <laughs> even remember who it was but she, she kind of talked before this one song and she talked about how you know we, what we don't need is just talented musicians oh, yeah. in our churches but we need anointed mm -hmm. musicians and that, that sense of being anointed and then allowing the, the spirit to, to work through that charism of music and that gift of music and not just being talented at it but truly being anointed and that comes down to a relationship with the Lord it and the does. Holy Spirit right? it does and it's amazing I mean when for me like when I've just been at events worship events or, or concerts and stuff you can tell I mean it doesn't even matter sometimes if if a certain person has the best voice or they're the best at playing guitar or whatever it is if they do have that like whatever it is that anointing I guess you call it like you just feel God move and it's really not about that person or that group of people like you just feel the Holy Spirit present because they're so humble and they're so just they're such a, an empty vessel for God to just fill up and, and flow through and I think that really is what anointing is so once again I think it just takes that humility and that obedience to whatever God wants in the moment which is hard <laughs> I, I lead a lot of worship or like music you know so I write a lot of Christian music that's pop but I lead a lot of worship for, for camps and for retreats and conferences and that's when the anointing I feel like really comes through because if God you know in the moment you just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something um, you just hopefully do it and even if it seems so simple to you you have no clue how the Holy Spirit's going to flow through that for, for the people there no clue and not to confuse people for a lack of preparation as you have it yes tell us a little bit about <laughs> what kind of preparation for you and, and your band has to go into you know a night like this it's it's a lot of preparation not only is it just like rehearsals in general rehearsing together but and I realized this as I got more into music and I realized like this is this is what I'm going to do with my life there are so many hours that even just myself I have spent playing these songs just by myself the, the amount of time that you 
been like writing the songs, practicing them. And a lot of times it's just because you love doing it, but it is a lot of work. I mean, the amount of hours I've probably played with these songs I'm going to be playing today and just played on my guitar just alone without anybody or with the band, it's... It's absurd, but I think a lot of us don't think about it that way sometimes because we just love what we're doing. So that's a huge blessing. Because if I did not love this, I don't know how you could do it. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a little tiring. Do um, your do your bandmates have to be prepared for you to to switch a song on them in the middle of a set? If you're feeling a call from the Holy Spirit, are they ready to go? If you say, "Hey, we're going to do this instead." Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of times, I am. I'm a very laid back person in in general in life. Very laid back and easygoing. When it comes to being prepared for a set, especially if I have a full band. Um, um, I'm a little bit more of a stickler about how the set's going to go. But once again, it's different for me if it's my songs that I've written that are a little less worship and then a, a worship set where you're, re I mean, that's really about praising the Lord and that can change very easily. But the good thing is so, so many musicians, it doesn't even matter who I'm working with. If you're doing this, you know, all of these worship songs, like the back of your hand, like you really do. Um, so it's very easy to kind of change it up. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between mm -hmm. maybe some of the music that's the difference between worship and just Catholic music or Christian music? There's because hmm. it seems to me, at least as I listen to it, there's songs that definitely lead you into prayer and worship, and then there's good Catholic music that's just going to like give you the message, yes. allow you to receive. And um, just be inspired by it. So it seems to me, again, not being a music guy, yeah, that there is a difference. There is. There is. I think, so a lot of the music I'm writing, and I'm, I'm writing with other people, though, for their records, their worship records, because I'm so into worship music and leading it and listening to it every morning and all of that. But so a lot of the music I write is more just like Christian or Catholic music. For me, it's more pop. It's called like CCM, Contemporary okay. Christian Music. Yep. And so a lot of that is focused more on on the melody and making it catchy and and I love that. I, I think that's kind of where my songwriting shines is making it catchy, having a hook there and um, sometimes though those songs are not easy to sing. De my songs you'll hear today, some of them are not very easy to sing. They sound a lot like the pop music on the radio which sometimes is not easy. Um, but that is always like, I'm always trying to point people to Christ and that's more it's more maybe helping somebody think more about the Lord or walk with the Lord with this music, whatever they're doing in their life. When it comes to worship music, um, that really is all about the encounter between that person listening and, and praying with that music and, um, and God. And a lot of times those songs are more repetitive. The melody is a little easier to sing so that everybody can join in. Um, and sometimes people may think, why is it so repetitive? This is so boring. <laughs> I used to think that a lot. But the thing is, once you repeat these words, whatever the truth is, you may not even believe it at the start. It just like, it gets into your heart and you have an encounter with the Lord in that way. And it's, it's true prayer. Um, it reminds me kind of like of, of chant a little bit. It's kind um, of, for me, the difference, and this just came to me of, of, as I'm thinking through it too. There's a difference between me giving the homily and then me praying the Eucharistic prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're both like sharing and proclaiming the message. Mm -hmm. But but one is intentional towards whether it's the intellect or the heart, if you will, and f feeding that person. And then you get into the Eucharistic prayer and it's directed all towards the Lord. Yes. Where all the words and all that you're saying is fully directed to worship of God and offering mm -hmm. God praise and thanks. And so... Exactly. You know, it's... it's it's all working together, you yes. know? Um, and you need both, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. You and need I, both. And I think if you're going to put a visual to it, 
you know, what I hear you saying, the main difference really being the direction that your words are going. I mean, yes. when you're when you're singing in a concert, I mean, you're singing to them. Yeah. You're singing to them. It's it's this way. It's yeah. horizontal. And when you're singing in worship, you're singing vertically, and they're joining with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just the arrows are pointing a different way. Exactly. Except it's it's just all about God, but right. yes, the arrows are pointing a different way. And and once again, I think if we had just just uh, worship music or just like liturgical or something like that, and nothing else, we would know there was a space missing for the music that I'm writing right now, at least right now, and vice versa. So um, there are definitely times when I'm like, I'm going to turn on some, turn on some worship music right now because I'm fearing a little bit or I'm anxious, and I know I just need to repeat these words of truth to God through this. Um, and then there are other times where I'm like, I'm just in a good mood, and I want to listen to music that's going to direct me towards God in a different way, but maybe not in, in such an intentional, prayerful way, you know? Where I'm mm-hmm. sitting in my room, I'm like, okay, let's pray. So... Yeah, I'd like to get uh, back for a minute in the little time we have left to kind of the heart of your your musical philosophy and the heart of what you do. And it, it goes back to the quote that he shared. This maybe was going to be a loaded question, but okay. um, I'm sure you saw the recent poll that far fewer than half of Catholics believe in the real presence yeah. of Jesus in the Eucharist right now. Yeah, how does that motivate you in your ministry in the heart of your ministry or reinvigorate what you're doing right now? Yeah, I think there are two ways people can react to that type of news. And one is saying, oh my gosh, I'm just going to throw in the towel. This is a really sad time in history, right? And then the other way that you could look at it, which is how I look at all of this, is um, when you're in a moment like that where people don't see the truth and maybe we're in a little bit more of darkness when it comes to seeing the truth, that's where we can all the more shine that light of Christ's truth and especially about... um, the Eucharist. And so for me, a lot of my music doesn't, it doesn't even um, directly point to the Eucharist, even though I have songs that are about Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, but for me, as a Catholic that's doing Christian music, I work with so many people that are Protestant, so many people who don't identify as Catholic at all, and they don't maybe even know a Catholic, at, like personally. And there have been so many times where I'm playing my music or I'm getting to know them and talking to them. And because they just meet me and I'm playing this music that they can feel is directing them to God and I'm Catholic and I have a personal relationship with the Lord and I believe in the Eucharist and we always talk about that because that's what would always keep me in the church. That just like uh, flicks a switch in their mind. Like maybe for the first time ever. I've heard that so many times and um, that's such a blessing to me. That to me is probably one of the biggest blessings. Being a Catholic doing this and maybe not always doing this with Catholics. Um, whether they're in the audience they're not Catholics or the people I'm working with aren't Catholic. Because I think God's probably going to work through that even more than than other ways I thought he was going to work in this music. Do you ever find that challenging? As you're out there working with non-Catholic artists, do you ever get challenged in, you know what? in your faith as a Catholic? Or I remember I remember years ago, the first time I was with these pretty big people, like they're on the radio, I was opening for them. I was actually, and I'm not afraid to say this, like I was, I was scared to do the sign of the cross because nobody else that came to these things were Catholic. And I thought they were going to think all these weird things about me that are obviously not true, like we worship Mary or something. Um, and after that, though, after that three-day stint, I was like, no, I've got to. I've got to be strong in my faith, and I'm so proud of this. And after that, people are so okay with it. Once they realize all these things they might not know about the Catholic faith or, or these um, misinterpretations are not true, you yeah. know? They're very open. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty nice. Dana, thanks for being with us uh, here on the radio, yeah. on Real Presence uh, Radio, and we look forward to hearing your music tonight on the stage. Folks, head down to the cathedral. Um, Dana will be on at 5.15. Um, it's the top of the hour. 
Several people are heading to Mass now as the evening at Built Upon a Rock Fest begins. If you're not heading to Mass, up next we have another full hour for you as the Built Upon a Rock Fest preview show continues. On the other side of the break, the moment is here for all those who have spent an entire year planning and trying to bring this all together. What it's like to see everything come to fruition, we'll find out as we visit with another one of the main organizers, Marie Mullen. Stick around. Stick around. 